here we go. Jared is here. Looking lost. You, are you lost, sir? Welcome. Let's see, let's see, let's do this. Let's see. <laughs> Look, we can see each other. What's up, man? Are you ready? Yeah. We're gonna make it happen. Here we go. That's your seat right there. Don't catch any of the cords on your foot. There we go. We'll see y'all in a little bit. It's gonna be a good one. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Feld Podcast. I hope that you've been enjoying the content that we've been uh, throwing out there for you to enjoy. Don't forget, subscribe and like and, and rate us. I don't know where you rate, but I've been listening that the rating is so important in order for like a pod or a YouTube thing to get legs. So thank you all so much for your support. Today we have a great episode because I feel like I, we have Tales from the Fort in the yes. house. This is one of the Jareds. Uh, you have a pair of Jareds that make up the team. Yes. And so you're the official A mic, and the other Jared is yeah. the B mic. But both <laughs> of y'all have been friends for a long time. Mm -hmm. Y'all are doing something that that the people of Fort Worth, the pod pod squad here in Fort Worth, are really. Anytime someone talks about y'all and being on your pod, they really enjoy it, and it's because your personalities are just they're just good vibes. And so I have I came on with y'all not too long ago. I think it was maybe a month or so ago. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. But it was a great episode. I, I had a lot of fun. And obviously, you can find it in, in my socials, and uh, you can link up with them. But all of their info will be down below so that you can give them a follow, give them a watch, give them a listen, because they hit you from every angle. <laughs> and so, Jared, thank you for coming in today. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? What's new? What's exciting? I'm doing great. Just doing me i mean doing the podcasting thing working i'm finally excited that weather's cooled off but yeah. now you wake up in the morning freezing cold <laughs> i'm like i don't want to start the heat yet but <laughs> the complaining starts already oh yeah oh my gosh it's been so hot we're here in texas if you're watching from somewhere else and 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 the summer this summer has been brutal 109 110 was like it maybe it didn't read that way but the 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 index was was there i oh, mean yeah. it was hot you would everyone was staying inside so finally the weather has changed and so let, let me just start there whenever you think of weather okay there's so many there's people that are like i'm a summer person i don't mind the hot and others are like i like winter okay and i can respect both of those perspectives mm -hmm. but then you have those weird people who like fall and so they might as well just say, <laughs> I, I like the weather perfect. Me too. So tell me a little bit about how you enjoy fall and what, why, why are you not on one side or the other? I just, fall is just, it's good for me. It's warm enough to where you don't have to have a jacket during the day, but then at night you got the, you know, kind of chilliness to it, to the air. And plus fall, it starts beginning the holiday season where once 
Halloween hits the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I uh, here on the Felt Podcast, we try to keep it clean, but I never tell any of my guests not to express themselves <laughs> how they need to. I'll just I'll just cut it out, and so yeah, that's fine. Um, but but do, do you? <laughs> but I would just ask kindly if you can avoid any cuss words, so that the, our audience, you know, we 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 hit audiences from kids all the way to adults yeah. and we tell them that it's clean try, content and so try uh, my hardest we'll, people. we'll give you a pass five bucks <laughs> eh, ten bucks for every cuss word and then uh, the money in and the I, jar and i'll take you to lunch after this recording <laughs> we're going to papa Do's. <laughs> yeah i know i'm going to papa Do's. no so the tales from the fort that's that's your product or that's that's your creative outlet and there's so many people right now like when you hear the word podcast and and i'm obviously a podcaster as well Mm -hmm. a lot of people are starting to kind of turn their attention away from it because it's so easy yeah to do it it's just like oh another person how long are you gonna last till you quit like that's becoming like that i'm hearing that more yeah but you've been at it for how, how long have you been doing it uh the beginning of september was a year for us on this one so so tell me a little bit about how you decided to step into podcasting what it is that you're trying to get out of it and how do you keep motivated to keep going because it's not a a thing where you start and then the rewards are easy no (laughs) everyone is like i want to pod and they're looking at the guys at the top and that's very difficult to do In, in, in the meantime you have to be creative you have to have something to express if not why do it so yeah. what's your why i just i don't know the first time i was on a podcast ever was the funky panther and they had just started their show back in 2020 mm-hmm. and they had a patreon set up to where it's like you'd be you know donate a dollar they'll you know let you choose what beer they drink if they oh, donate yeah. five dollars you get to choose this blah 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 but if you donated 50 bucks you got to be a guest on the show so i was like done <laughs> i was like you're having me on so i went on there and got to tell my story and i've just i've kind of had a lot happen to me and i've experienced a lot of stuff but for me i always know a way to twist it into something funny to where yeah. it's just a story to tell and i was on their episode it was big hit i'd let you know everyone listen to it and everything i was like check this out check this out so that was before you had yours yeah that was on there september of 2020 when i was on their show and then i they came down to san antonio because i was living down there at the time probably about two months later and we recorded an episode down there Mm -hmm. and i was like man that's so much fun but i was like i can't really be on their show all the time so i was like if i want to really enjoy this i'm gonna have to start my own so that's when i really started looking into starting a podcast and everyone's question what's it going to be about what's it going to be about and my answer is i don't want it to be about one subject i yeah. want it to be very kind of adaptable to where i can have a super i can have my dad on one week and i can have a local rapper on the next week i mean yeah is it much like seinfeld sort of like because i'm trying to think you say i'm like you know what it is because i can't i can't categorize what y'all do yeah it's just I love that originality of us mm-hmm. where one episode you might hear and you might be laughing your butt off. The next episode, you might really take something away from it and, mm-hmm. you know, have a serious guest on. So, And so you and Jared, y'all got good chemistry. Y'all are great friends. And you, you can feel it when you're on your on the podcast. Yeah. What, what are some of the things? Obviously, I feel like y'all just give each other high fives. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> high five. But what are some things that y'all have had to learn and make adjustments 
because you want to get better. And not that everyone has to get better or that you're not good, but does that come up because your relationship is good? How do y'all deal with anything that has to be like a critique or something from, from one another? Um, I mean, typically we don't have too many critiques on each other. We're always just kind of brainstorming how to make the show better. But yeah. the issue with him is he's, you know, got a family. He works a full-time job at QT. Yeah. So he has a lot going on in his life. So it's, it's hard for me sometimes to make the decision to record an episode without him and have a fill-in guest host. I've seen and, that. Because I've done that a few times just because he gets so busy and I'm just like, I don't want to fall behind to where we don't do an episode mm. for a month. But at the same time, I always try to tell him, I always let him know, like, hey, I'm going to record this. You know, I'll make sure he's cool with it and everything. Yeah. So Because I don't want to step on his toes. Because even though I created it, I do everything for it, he's a co-host, I still respect him and treat him as an equal. Absolutely. So. So you've had a lot of guests and I've seen most of your stuff, you know, some is online and some is audio. Some guests can be very difficult. So like it, it tests your chops as a communicator, as a podcaster. If you could describe someone that really made you like, man, I've really got to be on like mm -hmm. every question I'm asking is yes or no. And everything is very quick and I need to be super fast because I, no one's not to be ugly or mean, but no one's showing up today. How how does that make you feel, and how has that made you better? You know, like for the podcast where someone does show up and it's like this amazing uh, convo. Yeah, it's because what I do. A lot of our guests have been local podcasters and stuff, and they get the whole format of it. But yeah. then you have some people that I've had that aren't podcasters and have never been on a podcast, so. Whenever I get them there, my whole goal is to kind of loosen them up, to have them forget that they're on a podcast. So I try, yeah. really try to keep the conversation casual, just kind of talk about normal stuff, talk about everyday things like, oh, what'd you do this week or whatever? And yeah. trying to loosen them up because everyone's response, if they don't normally do this kind of stuff, is, well, I've never been on a podcast before. I might be nervous. I'm like, you'll forget you're on in about five minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, so I was a guest on, on the uh, Tales from the Four, and, and I had a, a great time, and I remember <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna have to talk to Jared. So I forgot <laughs> to say off the record in in the opening. Yeah, but you had already pushed record, and then that's how the pod opened. I was at home. I was like, Oh my god! I didn't end up doing the skit, but I did feel very comfortable. Yeah. And so whenever I came on, I felt like we had a great conversation. I felt like the the, the flow was really good. What do you remember? And and I'm kind of like not patting myself on the back, but I am. But I'm doing this because I want to encourage people to go see the pod <laughs> yeah. that I was your guest at. But what was a takeaway from that pod that that you remember? It was just with you. It was cool because you actually probed us and stuff. Because there's some guests that come on and they all they do is just open up and answer the questions and they'll tell their stories and stuff. But you were kind of more probing us, which was fun. Plus, uh, my best friend Alex was there that day because yeah, yeah. he just happened to be off work and he was like, what are you doing tonight? I was like, come on by, hop on the show. So Yeah, he, he picked a heck of a show to be on. I think he, he you know, he he ended up like talking to me real cool after, and yeah. he, you know, he offered, he's like, Sam, at my job, you should join me one day with, without giving details. Yeah. And he's, been, so he got good vibes from sitting there, you know, and so I was like, it was, it was a great time. And so, oh, yeah. you know, thank y'all for, for having me on. We'll get back to the podcasting in a minute, but I feel like podcasting is very, how can I say it? Like you have to feel like you have something to say yeah. for the world 
to hear. You have to feel interesting. You have to feel insightful about whatever your interests are or something um, because it's very difficult to just speak for the sake of speaking because there's no one in here except a little red light that's recording us. Mm -hmm. So growing up, what was like, what kind of led you to want to say, I, I want to do some public speaking and podcasting or mm -hmm. what didn't like it? Are your parents, are your close friends surprised that, that you are doing this? Or did they say, man, you know what? This fits with Jerry because no. he's a talker. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, they hear it and they get it. But for me, I guess whenever I was a kid, I watched a lot of movies mm -hmm. and I would you know, memorize the quotes. I would yeah. do my impressions of them and stuff. And then I would tell it to my friends and then they would kind of laugh and, you know, we'd bring up that stuff. And I love that entertaining aspect of doing a podcast. Like that's my biggest motivation is just to entertain. I love making people laugh. I love kind of being the uh, center of the attention and stuff. And that was just one of the things I always wanted to do. And then I grew up kind of watching like stand up comedy, yeah. um, late night talk shows, uh, Russ Martin, who was, a uh, radio DJ uh, radio personality in Dallas for the longest time yeah. was one of my biggest influences too. And I just, I love that entertaining aspect, that natural conversation, just, you know, sitting, chitting, chatting, kind of getting to know someone. So, so you said there was a lot of movies, you were a movie watcher and mm -hmm. you can quote a lot of them. What's a go-to movie that you've seen multiple <laughs> times and that you quote often, but you just enjoy it. And, and the reason I ask this is because people try to compare movies from today to movies back then. And then to me, it's just different worlds. Like it was different back then, the way that we consumed information, the way yeah. that we enjoyed movies. And, and, and so what's a, a great memory of a movie that you got introduced to and you just fell in love mm. with it and, and you still quote it till today? I don't know if it's about quoting, but I mean, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger was one of my biggest influences growing up. Okay. Terminator, anything with Arnold, yeah. I mean, muscles, all that stuff. <laughs> and then growing up, whenever we were younger, I mean, you're always, you know, I'll be back and you're doing all your Arnold quotes and stuff. Yeah. But we would bust out the video camera at home and we would make our own little skits. We would make our own little backyard wrestling and stuff. But we did have, now that you mentioned this, we had this little skit that we called The Terminator Show. And it was me in a pair of black sunglasses and black shirt and yeah. just, hello, I'm The Terminator and this is The Terminator Show. And my brother and his friend, we would record it and we had all these different clothes for like dress up and stuff yeah. that, that were just old clothes. And they would dress up as different people. And the whole, it was a stupid idea, but they would come on, sit on the couch and I'd be like, hello, I'm The Terminator, who are you? And then... They would tell me who they were, and then I would basically, like, beat them up or something, and then yeah. they would go off, and we just did that back and forth, and to me, it was just funny, and I just got a lot of enjoyment out of it, but yeah, Arnold, anything Arnold, that's some of my go-to quotes, as yeah. always, so. He and he has developed as a person quite well, because I, back in the day when you would hear him talk, they, they kind of put, like, this dumbbell mentality on mm -hmm. him, you know, like, he yeah. was, you couldn't speak well, but people, that uh, was his accent, it was from where he grew, but, yeah. he, uh, but now as I see him as an older guy, being in politics, being a business person, and just doing so much, even with, like, the, I don't know what you call that, like, the workout, yeah. like the bodybuilding community, like, he had a lot of depth to him. Oh, yeah. And he has lasted. He has been relevant till today. I saw him on a pod 
uh, I saw a thumbnail, and there he was, man, an <laughs> older, you know, sophisticated a Schwarzenegger. White hair almost, yeah. And, and he, he's great at com- he's great at conversations that when people first met him, they assumed he wasn't, but he's always had a lot of insight. Yeah, I don't know where he got it from, man, but I enjoy hearing him speak. And he's very motivational, and, and yeah, his journey is amazing. Yeah, because he's very much he reading his biography. I've learned so much about him, but yeah. just seeing where he's come from and how far he's made it and stuff, and it, and hearing his views on like working out and all that. And yeah. that dude's a machine. Like I know when watching when he was doing it, man. If we could pod the way that he worked out when he first came over here, you know oh. to. And that's how he gained access to everything. I mean, we would all, we would be elevated. Yeah, Fort Worth would be on the map for podcasting. Yeah, yeah, just do it like Arnold, man. So growing up, you had a camera. You were obviously you were you were ready for you know you were okay with being recorded and doing skits. How was your childhood? Like, what are some things that you went through that kind of like that still show up today? You're like, man, I'm I'm really glad I went through that. Or uh, it sucks that I went through this, but I'm thankful for what I learned from it. Yeah. You know, you can see it now. Mm, I mean, I had a pretty normal childhood. It was just, I mean, I had a younger brother. He's about a little over two years younger than me. Uh, we grew up. We hated each other growing up, but, I mean, we still kind of got along. We always fighting and stuff, but it was also weird because, especially when we get into high school, like, my friends are kind of friends with him, too, and oh, I'm yeah. getting friends with his. So, friends are starting to mix, and then... Me and him don't really get along, but I'm friends with, you know, them. So it's kind of a weird mixture. But biggest uh, bombshell for me growing up was in 2000 when right before I turned 16, my dad ended up leaving my mom and coming out to her and as gay. And so that kind of as a 16 year old or almost 16 year old, that was kind of a shock. But it was also real weird because Eminem was real big at the time. Like mm. all that stuff where you're using, you know, a lot of derogatory terms yeah. and they weren't necessarily meaning that, but it's more of what he had in his lyrics. And it was just another word for calling someone stupid or so, you know, that. So my dad didn't take offense to whenever mm. me and my brother called each other those names or anything, but it was just a kind of an awkward time to where you're, you kind of, you're in that teenager stage where you don't really want to talk to your parents, but then they're trying to talk to you and stuff. Yeah. So I kind of locked, you know, I really listened to a lot of music and kind of movies and stuff. And that was kind of my getaway as well. But at the same time, now I look back at it. I'm like, I have the best of both worlds. Like I've got the personality of a gay guy, but I'm straight. So <laughs> I, that's the way I always, I always do it. Cause yeah. I've got that sense of humor. I've got that, you know, I'm not afraid to do stuff for a laugh or whatever, but I mean, I well, come okay. home to the ladies. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so there's two things there that, that I want to talk about. Okay, the first one is like you, you and your brother. There was like a, a love hate relationship there. It's mm-hmm. more like I'm embarrassed. Like I'm cooler than you. I really don't want to be seen with you. I want to be independent. That's kind of what leads into you know those those feelings when you have a, a sibling that close to you. But Tell me a little bit about how that was and how you grew out of it. Like, I are you and your brother closer? Did y'all become closer? Yeah, he's he's a very. Uh, it's hard to have a relationship with a brother. I have a brother as yeah, well. Yeah, because he's one of those people that he makes a decision. He'll tell you, he'll talk to you about it, but you're not changing his mind. Yeah, I learned that a long time ago. So if he called, hey man, I'm gonna trade my you know my truck for this Jeep or whatever, I'm like, cool. 
Like I'm just you don't even at this point, I'm like, that's a stupid thing. You know, this Jeep run or the truck runs good. The yeah. Jeep is this, but I know there's no change in his mind. So I learned that a long time ago, but he's grown up uh, quite a bit and he's actually kind of enjoyable to be on. He was on my podcast once oh, as okay. a guest co-host, but same thing with him as he talks about, Oh man, me and my friends are funny. We need to start a podcast. We need yeah, to, you ain't that I'm like, funny. Yeah, I'm like, I get him on the show and he said some funny stuff, but he yeah. didn't really loosen up. It so doesn't translate. Yeah. And with him not being my direct guest, I couldn't really loosen him up so much. And then the other guest we had on, he was kind of a quiet person too. So I was just like, oh, it's like pulling teeth (laughs) on this episode. But I made the best of it. But So in life, like for me, communication, conversations are a, a, a great asset to life. It helps us grow. It helps us connect. It helps us break lines, you know, where it keeps people separate. And you mentioned that like he was like, in his way and you couldn't talk him out of it Mm. and there's something about that 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 as i grow up i don't know what other word to use aside from i don't like people that are like that yeah okay but it's not from an ugly place but i believe that people should always be open not to change not to change their personality their beliefs but when you have conversation it doesn't have to be concrete because you shut out so many people because mm-hmm. I'm sure that you believe certain things. But when I was on your podcast, you weren't like stuck on something. We had fun. Now we're kind of developing a friendship. You're here with me today. And I, and I just believe that if we're so stuck on us that we don't make room for great conversations. Tell yeah. me how you feel about great conversations and then those that kind of don't enjoy great conversations. I mean, it's I'm the type of person that I don't. I don't mind an uncomfortable silence. Yeah. I'm a lot of time in silence by myself at home. I sit there, you know, watch TV with my dog and stuff. So if people don't want to talk, that's fine with me. I'll sit here. I'll enjoy, I'll, you know, sing a song to myself in my head or whatever, just the way my mind works. But I'll also talk to people. I can talk to anyone and I enjoy making people laugh. And that's one of the things that I have a very unique sense of humor. It's very dry, very blunt. And, I will say stuff that you'll just be like, wait a minute, did you really say that? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I did. But that's the thing, too, is I will tend to get bored and I will start saying stuff just to get a rise out of people sometimes yeah. <laughs> just to see if they're paying attention or just to see what they say. And oh, yeah, yeah. So I tend to do that a lot. But So being able to talk to anyone, I hear that phrase a lot, like, oh, I enjoy talking and I can talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. What does that consist of? Like what? topics or what areas do you like to like trigger conversations with people or what are the things that you like to express about yourself that make you interesting the most hmm i mean the podcast is always a go-to that's something i can always promote to anyone how how, it's been a year Mm -hmm. so it's not it's pretty recent like before that were you like big at having like conversations with people that you would walk away and you would say, man, I learned something like it was not a convo that subtracted from me. It was a convo that added to me. I mean, yeah, because I worked for Quick Trip for 11 years and you meet a lot of different styles of management there. And yeah. it was just cool to kind of pick some of these guys brains sometimes because I'm very much a realist. I always, you know, look at all the angles of a situation before I make a decision. And my management style, I picked and choose like who I like. Like, okay, I like how he does this, and I don't like how they do that. So 
I kind of formed my own management style just off talking to these people. Yeah. And a lot of those people had, you know, some like Jared's been with QT for 28 years. Yeah. And back then there wasn't people that had been there for that long, but I mean, they're in the, you know, 10 years, you know, plus club. And I'm just like, man, how'd you get there? Like, yeah. what, what's your philosophy and stuff? And they were just very, I noticed one thing about all of them is that they were very cut dry to the point and blunt. Got like it. a lot of those managers were like that. And yeah. when I first got into management, it was kind of hard to relate to younger people because okay. I would be talking to them. Plus it was kind of my first management role. And it's like, how do I get work out of these guys yeah. that I don't even know how to lead them and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was more of kind of at first it was building that relationship like, Oh, you know, have you seen this movie or, you know, you watch this and plus, uh, right around the time when I started QT, uh, the Rangers were going to the world series and stuff for the first time in 2010. And that was kind of something that I would meet a lot of people that were into baseball. So that was kind of an easy way to relate to them. And then once I felt more comfortable, like with my skills to talk to them, then I was able to really just be like, okay, now I know how to be a manager. So, yeah. But that, it's just finding that one common thing, and that was a big thing with management, too, is trying to lead your people and talking to my assistant managers whenever I became store manager. And I'm just like, okay, what do you know about this clerk? And oh, yeah. uh, uh. I'm like, okay, get to know them. Like, just talk to them. See what they did that day. See what their plans are for the weekend or something. I mean, anything to get them talking because some of these workers, they would be the best worker, but they just mm -hmm. felt out of place there. And yeah. once you – kind of get them to where they feel like it's fun to come to work and it's not a job then they're a lot more opened up and you have a lot better atmosphere going yeah. on so i always feel like you know to me conversation communication is key for a lot of people to kind of come out of their shell mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of finding what it is they like to share about themselves and then all of a sudden you can see someone shine and and start opening up and i i've always enjoyed looking for that yeah. whenever i've had conversations with people earlier you mentioned that your parents were married uh and then your dad had come out mm -hmm. and I want to premise this conversation by saying when we're young, we see our parents in a certain way. Yeah. Obviously, your dad went down another route, but th there comes a point where we where our parents behave like humans. Yeah. Like they're just people and they're either like, oh, I didn't know my parents were annoying. I didn't know this. They did that. <laughs> I didn't know that they were like this or like that. So at some point you start seeing them. They're always your parents, but you start seeing them as a peer, and and you see and with peers, you're like ah, this I like this kind of person, I don't, and you have to deal with a lot more questions whenever it, it comes down to that. And so when that happened, that's that to me that seems like a big difference. Like forget just divorce. Like divorce can mess someone up, yeah. and, and you know the the siblings and all of the structure of the home. But then on top of that, your dad had another lifestyle. Yeah. What were some of the things that came to your mind at that point? How did you deal with it? And how are you a better person today? I mean, a lot of it, it was to me growing up, like on a Saturday night, it was nothing for us to dance around and sing along to music in yeah. the you know family room, the back of the house. Cause my dad was always big on music. Got it. So that was nothing for us. And that's where I got my making videos from because he would set up the video camera we record little music videos and stuff and just have fun for christmas we'd make a little christmas video of us just singing along to christmas music and send it out to relatives yeah. so for me it was all normal but then whenever that came out i was like oh 
I get it now. <laughs> but I was already in the mode of like, that's normal to me. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I had fun. It didn't hurt anyone. Whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, if he if he's happy, cool. Like, that's my biggest thing is you shouldn't sit around and just be unhappy in something forever. Like, yeah. if you're not happy, make a change. I mean, it may hurt someone in the in the beginning, but in the long run, they're going to thank you for it because why would you want to stick with someone that doesn't want you for that reason just because you're together? There, there are some things that I can imagine that if my dad did, yeah, I would be pretty upset at him you know man to man mm. or if my mom did something to my dad i'd be like C- come on what's wrong with you? you know what i mean like so what are some things that that you had to deal with that maybe someone's watching man and they're having to deal with something very difficult that now you would advise them and say you know what i went through something but, yeah but here's what i learned i mean or some did of the- it not happen i mean it could have it could have just been a smooth transition i don't know I mean, for the most part, it was smooth. I mean, every once in a while, you get, you know, friends. Because I didn't really tell a lot of my friends mm-hmm. about it because you're in high school. Everyone, yeah. you know, anything that's different or not the norm, you get made fun of for. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut. I mean, a few friends did find out and stuff, and I wasn't, like, trying to hide it. I was like, yeah, okay, that's my business, whatever. But yeah. at the same time, it was more of a you shouldn't be ashamed of any of that stuff. I mean, it's not you. It's their decisions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're related to them but i mean you didn't cause them to do that it's not you know that they raised you for 16 years be like you know what i'm gay now because of you and it's not that it's nothing you did wrong it's just people just need to learn to be happy and if it doesn't affect you don't worry about it yeah so so you also in what you do now you uh you know and you you give names if you want but you you know you work for an antique mall yep right is it how how are you connected to it so my dad and his partner actually own the business. Yeah. It's called Ties to the Past over on it's uh, on Camp Bowie. If you live in Fort Worth, there yeah, you buddy. go. So I, I imagine there's a lot of great things in there, but I've I seen some videos of your booth. Yeah. And your booth is full of like all this cool collectible stuff. First yeah. of all, tell me what are collectibles? How did you get into all the knickknacks and all of that? And then we're <laughs> going to kind of dig into that because I want to kind of get into the mind of a, of someone who collects resells and looks and finds and all that stuff that goes with it it a lot of it for me is like the nostalgia factor mm. that's one of my favorite things so growing up my dad would take us to yard sales and stuff and it was always fun just seeing you know other little toys and stuff it's like cool i don't have that it's only a quarter man that's yeah. fun so it it was fun growing up to doing that and then you get graduate kind of antique malls and stuff and just seeing people's stuff in there and i always like to collect action figures in the package oh, yeah, yeah. and i went through a phase where i would go and rebuy a bunch of the toys that i had as a kid but have them in the package mm-hmm. for something it was just i loved the look of it like knowing i used to play with this but seeing it in the original package that yeah. was just something for me i was like man and growing up i was a huge fan of the power rangers mm. so that was one thing whenever they started releasing the helmets I started collecting those and I've got those all displayed in my studio, yeah. all the ones I have that they have out now and just started collecting that. And I love the look of it and being such a movie and TV fan growing up, it was awesome to be able to have that kind of, you know, almost screen quality memorabilia in my studio that I look at and I'm just like, man, this is almost exactly what they wore this, you know, yeah. it just, it's really cool for me. And the kind of that wow factor when you walk in there and you'd like, Whoa, and 
just a bunch of little things like that. So collecting for me has always just been like a nostalgic thing. So what's a toy or figure that really sticks out from your childhood that you, you know, you wish you could find again (laughs) and, and not necessarily play with it, but you'd be okay with opening the package because it just brings back such good memories. So I already have it actually, but there was a line of, uh, superhero figures that was released like, I think it was around 90 or so, but it was called the DC Comics Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And it was mainly the first set was Batman, uh, Joker, and Bob from the original Batman movie. Okay. And so there was this whole story how my mom, she's been a hairdresser all my life. She used to be the, whenever Foley's used to be around, they used to have a hair salon over at North Hills Mall. Uh, yes. She was the manager over there, and she was trying to find me all these toys. And they couldn't find the Batman, and my dad went to... There was some cologne at the time to where if you bought it, you got the free Batman uh. figure. So he got that, and then my mom was telling me... Because I heard all these stories years later, because I... One of her customers found the Batmobile for me. Mm-hmm. And she said... She was like, where'd you find it? And she's like, oh, I went to this toy store, and they had a big stack of them. They all had names on them. So I just pulled the name off and went and bought it. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I just screwed some kids christmas up but i was happy (laughs) that's but whenever i was younger you know your kid you pee the bed whatever so i ended up peeing the bed like on christmas eve going into christmas morning and i went got up and went and got my mom's i'm like mom pee the bed so she was in there putting my sheets in the washer and then putting new sheets on and i just happened to see santa claus came i look under the tree the batmobile sitting there with batman in there and then all the other toys are lined up in the package still and i was like Oh my god so i took batman back to bed so that was like one of the earliest memories i have of like batman and toys and stuff i was i was so excited for that and then i have that full set of action figures now in the package still in a box my dad found them quite a few years later like kb toys they were on clearance and he bought a bunch and then i bought a few that i never had that kind of completed the set off of ebay and stuff but i was like man that's just looking back at it i was like i just remember playing with these as a kid did you do you ever hear voltron I did. I never got into it because it was kind of Voltron was kind of like Transformers, wasn't it? Or yeah, it was before. So, so I grew up with Voltron. Yeah, okay, that was a big thing when I was uh, when I was a kid, and it's so weird because me and my brother have a memory of a Voltron figure, and it was metal. It was die cast, hmm. and it was painted real nice. We don't really remember like the size or anything but we always talk about it yeah and we always remember it and so for me i've I've come across a few that felt like it was the the what we had but it but it wasn't yeah but for me that's what if i found a voltron mm-hmm. like that would be the the ultimate like it would really really take me back to when i was really young and and we shouldn't have had that toy because it's not like it was you know we didn't have a lot of money but somehow we ended up with this cool toy (laughs) it's like special edition one (laughs) yeah and we we, me and my brother always reminisce about it and we wish we would have kept it even if we would have had it in bad shape we wish we could have kept kept it because it just all the memories around that were just good it was just like you know like they say it was just a good old days Mm -hmm. and so that's voltron for me but as a collector you know you know i know that there's something that with the find and then the sell like here's the sale like i found this cheap and i'm gonna sell it but taking that away what is it about collecting and looking for things that gets you excited and like entertains you it's 
I don't know. It's like that scavenger hunt because it's a lot easier now to complete a collection with, you know, the internet and so many specialty yeah. shops where you can just go there and find that one item. But that was the coolest thing is if you're trying to complete a set of something and you know, they're out there and just that search, like going there, like, okay, do they have any here today? No, they didn't have any. So they had these ones that I already have, but oh well. Yeah. But it, it's just that. It's almost like a scavenger hunt for your childhood, kind of. Hey, guys, I'm sorry if you hear me. My allergies are bad, but I've been holding up really good because I just heard myself go. <laughs> but anyway, so please forgive me. Um, okay, as a collector, reseller, I don't know how you identify yourself. What is something that you were like, dude, I got this for five bucks. Like the other day, there was a, a lady. She found a, like an African mask somewhere mm -hmm. and she bought it really cheap. Yeah. She bought it for like 25 bucks or something. Then she went to an auction house and they ended up selling it for a few million. Yeah. The people got upset and they, they're like... They got a lawyer and they're saying, hey, you owe us money. But it was an honest fine. It was yeah. her fine. And then she went and she sold it. What's something that you've experienced where you, you knew something was great and you're like, how much is this? And they're like, it's a dollar. And you knew it's going to sell for 500, 600. Oh, yeah. What's a story like that? And do you feel guilt? Or no. how do you feel? Do you feel like Indiana Jones? Or what? what is it <laughs> that happens? Well, the I take after my dad's philosophy because he is very big on so dealers buy from each other all the time at mm -hmm. the mall so if you have an item in your booth that you want 20 bucks for if i give you 20 bucks you got what you wanted for it it's not our oh, fault that you didn't do the research yeah. so there is some stuff that I, I have no interest in something and i see them pricing it low i'm like you might want to price it higher like you might want to do some research on that yeah. i'll gladly tell any dealer that too but at some of the stuff, if they just they just want to get rid of it or they want, mm. don't want to do the time and research, I yeah. mean, that's on them. But we've been to – me and Alex used to go to uh, estate sales a lot. And we – they were going good for a while, and then there was – we always went on Thursdays. And then for some reason I saw this estate sale because there's a website that I use that shows pictures of everything that they're going to have. They don't usually tell prices or anything, mm. but – so I looked at this one and they had a room that was just filled with Star Wars memorabilia and like a bunch of pop culture stuff and everything. So I told Alex, I was like, dude, I know we don't normally go on sales on Friday, but we got to go to this sale. And he's like, okay. So we get there and they had just let the line in and we were the last in the line. We walked in and they were just like entering. So we go upstairs and I'm such a nerd that I will take notes of if I see the room and I see a window. I'm like, okay, where is that window on the house? Okay, I yeah. need to go up. It's like a heist that I'm doing or something. I'm like, okay, these look like they're in the garage. Yeah. There's the garage. So we need to go. Your people come in and hungry. Yeah. Like they're ready to clean. Oh, they know where they're going. It's what they're brutal getting. at some of those estate sales. Yeah. Like some of those people, that is their full life, and you better not get in their way. <laughs> but we made our way up there, and I was in shock of just everything in that room. And there was one guy, because a lot of estate sales, it's not normal or not unnormal to have someone kind of standing there just to answer questions direct them towards stuff or whatever so there was a guy kind of standing in there he's like what's up guys and then i was looking around in shock and then alex sees this big old there was a barrel in the center that kind of uses a high top table and they had a stack of comic books on it and he starts looking through them and i'm just like i'm looking at all the star yeah, wars yeah. stuff on the walls like, man this is cool and he hits me and he's like dude these comic books are a dollar a piece and i was like what i was like is there any good one he goes we're buying them all. I was like, okay. So we bought them all. It ended up being $107. So we got 107 comics. Man. And we started going through them. And there was some old ones in there. It was like 
uh, Tales of Suspense and Tales of uh, something else. There were the really old ones, and yeah. one I think one of those Tales of Suspense or something like that we sold just for seventy eight bucks on man on eBay. Yeah, and I was like, so we've already paid for almost the whole stack right here. So we went through. I priced up, um, figured out which ones would be worth selling on eBay because you got a lot more fees, you got a lot more shipping, you got a lot more stuff. But at the same time, if you put it in the antique mall, you have the audience of who comes in that store. Yeah. But on eBay, you have the audience of Earth. So if you want that bigger audience, I mean, you need to have to where you're going to make that good profit to where to makes it worth it. But we put so many on there, sold a bunch. And then the rest of them, I think we probably had like 40 or 50 left that were just kind of basic ones. So we just put four bucks a piece. I was like, I got a good deal. I made my money back. I'm just going to put these out there. And there was still quite a few good ones out there because there was, uh, I think, we had a Transformers first appearance of Dinobots that we sold mm. for like four bucks. And I was like, it's not worth a ton, but yeah. I mean, someone's going to like it for their collection. So, so okay. So collecting can be very difficult. And I feel like people that collect sometimes have an ego. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're like, Ooh, I have this and it costs this much. And so, you know, you're yeah. like, whatever, I don't have enough money for it anyways. Well, like, um, what the fundal, what are those called? Oh, the Funko Pops. Okay. I know that market has crashed pretty bad here recently. And I remember people having a lot of them. How do you adjust with like loss? You know, cause like, dude, like you feel like you got something, you're going to hold it. And I feel like greed sets in at some point and boy, when it crashes in your face, how have you, has that happened to you? What do you regret holding on to too long? There's some stuff like we'll put stuff in there because Funkos, we got a really good deal. There was probably like 60 or 70 of them we got from someone for like 300 bucks. Yeah. We got an amazing deal on it. It was a guy that we knew that was selling off his collection because he was getting married and I guess she didn't want him to have the collection anymore. (laughs) So we got a hell of a deal on that and we got a bunch of other stuff but we priced them accordingly like we looked it up on ebay and we went a few bucks below because i mean if you can get on ebay for the same price here it's we we don't compete with ebay but we use it kind of as a pricing guide so i kind of have an idea of what to look for plus a lot of times at our mall we do uh, a customer appreciation sale that's the first saturday of every month whatever day it falls on it's you know like this month, I think it was on the seventh. But everything in the mall that day is twenty percent off, no matter what. Like if this person never runs a sale, their stuff's twenty percent off that one day. So typically, we don't run a sale. So I always build. I will price it about the same price as eBay because if you do that twenty percent off, then it's going to knock it below, and you're going to get a better deal. Yeah. But some of the stuff I price it to where it's a good deal for the item, but it's not good enough to resell mm. unless I just want to get rid of it. But at that point you got to look at okay i've made a lot of money on this i can afford to lose money on this yeah like and some of the stuff is more of who is interested in buying it because if i have a kid that's in there that's super excited yeah i'll knock some money off of it so he can get it because one i get rid of it two he gets some enjoyment out of it so it's just a win-win situation but so here at the failed podcast we obviously we we focus on failures and challenges in life and i because i feel like they make up so much of our character they thicken our skin and so as we have more of them right hopefully they're not repeat that's another that's another topic (laughs) but you go through some things in life Mm -hmm. you went through some things with your folks you as a collector i imagine that there's some challenges there as far as spending and and profit and all that what are some challenges or failures that you know that are come to mind right now that you've been through life and then i just want to get into what are some of the things that 
that you have learned or or, or you're better because of of going through it? Mm. Let's see. I mean, it it I don't necessarily look at it as a failure, but I do look at it as a learning lesson that I was married before we were married uh, uh, for close to five years Mm -hmm. and then we ended up splitting up, but we had moved down to San Antonio to work for QT because they opened up the Austin San Antonio division. So I was like, cool, let's go down there. Let's try it out. She always wanted to move. She always wanted to go to a new division and she was kind of like a gypsy or whatever that she always wanted to move or do something or be working towards something. And that was kind of my whole thing too. Whenever I was married, I was like, cool, I'm working towards something. We always got, we're saving for this trip. We're saving for this. We're saving for that. So we moved down there and then we moved down in January of 2020. And you can probably tell how this is going to go. So March of 2020, we had maybe, maybe a month and a half, maybe two months of kind of exploring San Antonio a little bit. Plus, we were trying to work when we were down there and stuff. We were both working, you know, 45, 50 hours a week. So it's kind of hard to do that. Plus, our days off didn't match up Mm. uh, or the schedules didn't always match up. And then uh, the lockdown started in March. And then me and her decided we were going to split about a week into that. We just felt like roommates anymore. And it was just kind of a let's call it now while we can still remain friends because we're in a new city. We don't know anyone. And what's the point of trying to drag this out when we know that yeah. we're, it's kind of over. So we did that. I moved down on my own and that was one of the most alone feelings I ever had in my life. Being in a new city during a pandemic, freshly single, and I didn't know anyone. And I was like, where do I even go from here? Because me and her, like I said, we always had something we were working for. And this is the first time I didn't have that person standing around next to me saying, no, you can't do that because we have to do this later. Mm. So it was just like, what do I even do? And I had my dog, so I really bonded with him a lot because it just got to the point where all I was doing is working and then going home mm-hmm. and sitting there. And then you're bored sitting there, so then you want to have a drink or you want to do that. And then it just got to where I was looking at it. I was like, I'm drinking a lot of whiskey a week. I'm doing nothing. I was trying to date, but just the dating pool down in San Antonio wasn't for me. Yeah. And I stuck it out as long as I could, but it just found, I found that the, the only fun I was having on weekends when I wasn't working was when I was coming up to Fort Worth. Mm. And I was just like, man, there's no point in me working and living down here and being alone and then having my fun up in Fort Worth. So one day I went home from work and I was supposed to have a date with a girl on that Saturday and we were talking and I was messaging her back and forth and I was like, Hey, so are we still hanging out tonight? And then well, I might go hang out with my friends. I don't know yet. I was like, all right, cool. Well, let me know. So then I was sitting there, and then she tells me about 3 or 4 o'clock. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to hang out with my friends tonight. You know? I was like, all right, that's cool. And I sat there and thought, I was like, cool. I'm sitting at home alone with nothing to do again. I was like, why am I here? My job. I was like, I hate my job. Like, I had just gotten to the point where it was giving me anxiety because I was working in a store that had armed security mm. 18 hours out of the day. It was just north of Lackland Air Force Base it you know you dealt with the homeless you dealt with all the stuff and the only the six hour window that they didn't have security was 6 a.m. to noon mm. every day yeah. and that's my shift my shift was 5 a.m. to 3 pretty mm-hmm. much Monday through Friday so I had to police my own store plus try to put these orders up write these orders keep a store clean and everything plus you have the you know 
the aftershocks of the pandemic and stuff and they qt hired a lot of people just because they needed them and i felt like they weren't really at the top of their game to where whenever i hired and whenever i had to promote i had to jump through hoops and then i see these people that were just getting promoted <laughs> left and right i'm like yeah. dude you're like 22 and you're where i was <laughs> about seven years into the company and you've been here two years so that kind of it just got to where i had a negative outlook on the company and i noticed that a lot of those people that were coming in there that were younger were super eager super wanting to learn they wanted to do this stuff and i just finally stepped back and looked and i was like i'm not the guy to teach them i'm not going to give them a good outlook i can't talk good about this company at this point in my life so i just made the decision that week and i was like i'm quitting i'm moving back i was like i can't do this anymore so well you brought up one thing and it was loneliness in two words come to mind when i hear that loneliness and solitude Mm-hmm. What it obviously loneliness can hurt somebody. It's a heavy weight on someone's shoulder. Yeah. How did you deal with that loneliness? Obviously, right now you said if I was by myself, I, I could do just fine now, and that's more yeah. of a solitude thing of like feeling peace when you are by yourself. What did you um, What did you hate about being lonely? And what are some of the things that that now when you're alone that you do different that don't necessarily hurt you? but that you don't mind uh, solitude at this point down there. It was like, I didn't have that network of friends. Yeah. I had coworkers. I didn't have friends down there and I got out, tried cause I'm a big disc golfer. I love playing disc golf. That's I've been playing, you know, off and on for close to 10 years now. Yeah. That's been a big social thing for me, meeting a lot of people through that. And that's another side hobby other than podcasting. But I met a couple people like that and it, I just, I found myself, inviting girls over just because i wanted to cook for someone i didn't necessarily want to meet them but they were good conversation and i just wanted that company down there and up here it's better because i've got my you know best friend that's 10 minutes away i've got my mom that's 10 minutes away i've got work i can go hang out at if i wanted to that's you know 20 minutes away so knowing that they're there and not having to use them is a lot better feeling than knowing no one's there and needing someone Mm. like it was it was just bad because some days you just get and with online dating it's horrible but (laughs) it's entertaining and it's given me a lot of content for my life and i've had plenty of stories to tell but at the same time sometimes you have five people to talk to sometimes you have zero Mm. and it's just you get to the point where you're just like, what am I doing wrong? Like what, you know, what, what did I do? So down there, I really kind of got to explore myself. I got to know myself. Like it's almost like having that conversation between your mind and your body, like really kind of bringing them together and stuff. So I realized a lot of stuff about myself. I realized a lot of stuff I want in life and what I don't want in life. And same thing with dating and everything. And I just, I told myself back then, I was like, I'm not going to move away ever again. Like, I don't <laughs> here, want to. Yeah. I grew up in Fort Worth. This is where I felt at home over here. Yeah. I've just, I've never really, in San Antonio, they had great food. I just never felt at home there. Mm. So. Well, we're getting close to the end. And so let's finish on a positive note. What yes. are some things that you're proud of yourself of? What are some things that you're like, man, I, I'm glad I got this experience or lesson in life i want to give it to other people 
and we'll finish with that oh boy um i mean i just i like being that kind of i'm very real with people and i'm very blunt and i love to just tell people straight up like you're stupid or that's just <laughs> I, that's just the I way i a am great friend well, I, I mean i understand i'm just it's one of those you. i'm one of those people that I, I have a lot of acquaintances like people that you know i consider friends and stuff like yeah. i have a group that i know i could contact at you know a drop of a hat and they would be there for me and i love having those people but where were we going with this question it's something Sorry. that you're really like proud of yourself for at this point oh. in your life for a lesson that you've learned that you you know you want to just partake and give to to the listeners i just be different like yeah. that's the biggest thing that i've i see so many people trying to be like everyone else i see so many people starting their own podcast of oh i just started a podcast I, let me check it out it's the exact same thing as you know something else i'm like be different be give something out there you know that's a different product for people to hear yeah. like like i said earlier if every day is awesome no day is awesome because mm. if you have everything you know you're gonna have some failures along the way you're gonna if podcasting you're gonna have those episodes where it's just not a hit yeah no but it's just that experience because you don't know what you did for that person that came on had the time of their life mm. maybe got the episode got 30 listens but they had a blast they felt you know it connected you to them and who knows what it could you know i've had people reach out to me that i don't even know they were like hey man i know you're into podcasts and i was trying to you know get into it you know do you have any recommendations and stuff and i love being that kind of not necessarily the godfather but i'm like that drunk uncle that will give you the advice that <laughs> you that you really need yeah so i just i love having the answers for people at this point in my life as i get older it's just I've been through some stuff. I've had my failures. I've had more failures than I want to tell. Dating-wise, it is a absolute uh, uh, circus. We'll use that word. <laughs> and I just, I know what I want now. And I've just, the biggest thing I can take away is just be yourself. Like, quit trying to be other people. Quit trying to copy other stuff. Quit trying to recreate something. Just come up with your own brand. I mean, you can pull inspiration from it. I always, I pull inspiration from Funky Panther, mm -hmm. like other podcasts. And I always try to shout it out because that's the one thing that I hate is whenever people mm -hmm. will say something funny and then they act like it's theirs. I'm like, yeah. no, like quote, who said it? Yeah. Like <laughs> there's so many little one-liners I get from comedians and afterwards, I mean, I love that, you know, you've heard him, right? Like I always point it out, but I just, I try to be original. That's the biggest thing I can take away. So, well, Jared, Thank you so much for coming on and being open. We covered a lot of things, and uh, you know, I, I wish uh, the Fort uh, Tales from the Fort podcast much success. Keep it going. I'm, I'm tuning in. I'm watching, <laughs> and uh, thank you for coming on today here at the podcast, guys. If you want to learn more about what he's doing and, and, and Tales from the Fort, the description is below. Just click on the link. I'm going to make it easy for you so that you can give a listen and a watch to my buddy Jared here. And obviously, don't forget to subscribe and continue supporting us here at the Failed Podcast. I hope that you didn't mind. I didn't say, give me the plugs. I'm trying to end that. <laughs> Because the sale, what my goal is to make the interview, yeah. the conversation interesting enough that they say, 
I want to see what this guy talked about and what he shared about. So we're going to give that a try. So no plugs today. I yeah. got your back. It's all going to be in the description. And you'll see it on social everywhere. And so, Jared, thank you so much for coming on the Phil Podcast. Yes, sir. And PSA, I'm not normally this calm on my podcast. So <laughs> if you enjoyed a good adult conversation tonight, then... It won't be the same on my show. It'll yeah. be a lot more raunchy and a lot more <laughs> wild, but yeah. it's still good stuff. So. Virtual discretion advice. Yes. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. All right, later.